overall, the last 36 hours have been a good 36 hours. Because we have a linebacker here in Philadelphia. We have a middle linebacker named D'Amico Ryans that we did not have before. We're all very excited. And the best part of it is that it seems like we fleeced the Texans and got them for nothing. And we can't figure out why. A man on the phone who can tell us maybe why. His name is Tim McHale. He uh, he writes for Battle Red Blog, the the Houston Texans blog. Did we? It seems like we fleeced you, man. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think it's one of those deals that probably works for both teams. If this was if this was D'Amico Ryan's pre Achilles injury, no doubt you would have fleeced us. But I think given the given the scheme change and given the fact that he just so far hasn't looked like the dynamo that he was pre injury. I wouldn't go so far as to say he fleeced us, but you did get a hell of a linebacker. Yeah, now see, that's the question I had, because a lot of what we read, and it's hard to tell, because even even if you're uh, aware of, of Ryan's, you don't, because a lot of what we heard was that scheme was the reason for his, you know, decreased production. And we knew about the injury, but last year everybody's like, you know, he's not a 3-4 linebacker, he's a 4-3 linebacker, and it was scheme. How much of it, um, in your opinion, is scheme, and how much of it was injury i think that if i had to break it down i'd say that it was more scheme than anything else uh, i think probably the secondary reason was money and the third reason is probably just saying well he might not have been the guy that we signed to that huge deal uh back in before the 2010 season he, he's not a 3-4 linebacker he's a perfect fit as a 4-3 middle linebacker i really think he's going to be very very good in that defense i think he's going to be better for philadelphia playing in the middle in that 4-3 than he was in Houston in Wade Phillips' 3-4. Um, it seems like everybody, there wasn't a lot of, looking at the reaction from Houston, there wasn't a lot of outrage, but there was a lot of disappointment. It seems like he was one of the, he remind, the way that you guys reacted to him going reminded me of the way Eagles fans reacted when Brian Dawkins left. Um, if, yeah. It felt I like he was really, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. I think that's. I, and I read the same thing from from the Philadelphia articles that I've read too. Is that uh, the way that we've kind of reacted the same way that that you guys reacted when Dawkins was uh, was let go? And uh, I think it's. I think it's a fair comparison. He's he's such a well respected guy, both in the community and then in the locker room. He's he's not a guy that anybody wanted to see go from a personal standpoint. He's just. The more you read about him, and the more you guys get to know him, you'll see what a just what an outstanding guy he is, both. In the locker room, in the community, he was undoubtedly the leader of that Houston defense. Nobody's happy about seeing him go. I think more than anything else, kind of, uh, I guess, reluctantly accepting that it had to happen. At his best, describe describe for me D'Amico Ryan's at his best. At his best, he's, he's the captain of the defense and has a nose for the football and is always around it. Uh, especially in a 4-3. In, in Wade Phillips' 3-4, his responsibilities were so much different. But in a 4-3, where he's going to be in the middle of it, essentially trying to go sideline to sideline, keeping everybody where they're supposed to be, he's an outstanding linebacker. Uh, before he got hurt, I don't think that there was, a, there was a better middle linebacker in the league not named Patrick Willis. Uh, I think he was that outstanding. Now, since the Achilles injury... It, it, that's one of those injuries that it takes a little bit of time to come back from. He did start looking better in the second half of last year than he did better than he did the first half. I would expect him to be even better this season in Philadelphia. But to think that he's the same guy that he was pre-injury, I can't go that far. And I just, the other fact is he's, he's two years older than he was before he before he shredded that Achilles. So 
there's naturally, I think, going to be a little bit of decline. And I don't, I don't want to in any way give the impression that you guys aren't getting a great football player because he absolutely is. Uh, we're talking to Tim McHale of Battle Red Blog, a, a Houston Texans blog. The, the the thing that we needed here last year is, you know, we got a taste of uh, of what's called the wide nine, which, you know, spreads <laughs> your defensive linemen out, which gets them a lot of sacks but puts a lot of pressure on your middle linebacker. Um, and we actually didn't have one the whole year. Uh, and so we needed one of those guys. The, the way you describe Ryan seems like a guy who can handle that kind of responsibility. He definitely can. He really can. Uh, he's not as quick laterally or sideline to sideline as he might have once been, but he still is a very, very capable middle linebacker. I don't know that there could have been a better situation for him to go to than Philadelphia anchoring that 4-3. So the Houston Texans have been there for, for 10 years. What's it like? And, you know, we've had scares of teams leaving Philadelphia, but it's never, you know, it hasn't happened in my lifetime. What's it like having a team there and then not being there, and then getting a new team. How does that feel? Does it feel like you're cheering for somebody else's team when they start? It, it doesn't really. I mean, I think there was that people were so happy to have football back after the, the Oilers debacle. I don't think there was any feeling of we were cheering for someone else's team. It was a little bit weird because we were so used to seeing the Oil Derrick and, and the Love You Blue and all those sorts of things. But at this point, there's there's – there's no regrets. There's no no one. I think feels uh, that, that we somehow have the, the second choice of the second class team. We would have all, I'm sure, loved to have been able to keep the Oilers' name and the Oilers' history in Houston. But this place was so bent out of shape, and the relationship with with Bud Adams was so toxic that I don't think anybody really wishes that they were still around. Yeah, there were there were a couple of scares in Philadelphia with the Eagles, with Leonard Tose uh, thinking about moving the team because he was broke, and we were always scared of Norman Bremen. And now it's so big here that it would never happen. But, man, I can tell you, if, if, if a... If a sports team leaving could cause a natural disaster, the Eagles leaving Philadelphia would would cause a natural disaster. I wouldn't come anywhere near this city if that happened. I believe it. I believe it. Um, well, I thank you for. I can't hear. Oh, there we go. Uh, I thank you for your time, man. And the uh, the blog is Battle Red Blog. Um, if you want to, if you want to know anything about the Texans, you can uh, you can check him out, or you can. Uh, or you can check about on Twitter as well. Twitter is a, it's Battle Red Blog as well. So thanks, thanks very much, man. Thank you. Have a good night. Thanks. That was weird. I couldn't hear myself. It was crazy. Thanks, Adam. I freak out when things go wrong. <laughs> Thank goodness I'm not running for president. Um, so it sounds like I mean you've heard that the same thing with Achilles injuries and actually with with the ACLs too is that it's not that first year that they come back; it's the second year that they come back. So you know, uh, Tim was saying that. That you know, Ryan's is a couple of years older, but I think he's what twenty seven or twenty eight, which is kind of that's the core year twenty seven. That you know, twenty seven to thirty one. That's when linebackers are at their best. So we could be getting him in his prime. So boy, it's nice. He he got a standing ovation at the Sixers game tonight. It was awesome. It's too bad they sucked. Um, Jackie on the cell. You're on ninety four WIP. Hey, let me tell you something. Yes, that game tonight. Yeah. I was so embarrassed that we allowed what happened, happened. There was, it was like we were the away team. Oh, you're talking about the fans. Oh, my God. There were so many New York fans there that when we had the ball, they, it was like, it was unbelievable. I was flipping out. Yeah. I believe it. 
we were we were talking uh, in one of the commercial breaks that when the Knicks were on defense, there was a loud defense chant. <laughs> I know. I was going crazy. I was like, we should be embarrassed that we allowed this to happen in our in our arena. Well, and especially when we do it to other teams, when we go and we do this to the Washington Nationals, and we realize how embarrassing it is for them. The Sixers are in first place, and the Knicks were twenty two and twenty four. There is no acceptable excuse aside from the fact that that uh, I can't even think of one. There's there's no acceptable excuse to having that many Knicks fans in there. And then when you go on, you know. <laughs> You get that? <laughs> she was so upset. Jackie, thank you for your passion. <laughs> she, got, she got a little too passionate. It happens. It happens. Warren, you're on 94 WIP. Well, I won't. I promise I won't curse on, on the radio like that. But uh, Well, you have to. She wasn't doing it to get me, and she yeah, wasn't doing it because yeah. she was being careless. She was just, yeah, she was yeah. passionate. So what's up, man? All right, well. I, the reason why I called is because your rant was perfect to start the show. And I wanted to kind of go off on my little rant, too. But, if, like, if I were to tell you the Sixers will hold the Knicks 37% shooting, they hold Carmelo to 10 points on 5 of 15 shooting, they hold Tyson Chandler to 7 points on 4 rebounds, and they hold Jeremy Lin, the next great superstar, to 4 for 17 shooting, what would you have said? It probably wasn't going away, right? Yeah. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yes. But the fourth quarter is just, I mean, I saw your, I saw your tweet when you were like, you know, uh, this, this is a close game in the final two minutes. You know, the, you know. Lord save us all. Happen. Yeah. 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 But like, I'm thinking this is like a CBI game. Like, this game it was atrocious to watch. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a disgusting first quarter, and it was a disgusting fourth quarter. And for I'm I'm glad that you're mad because for a minute in the beginning of your call there, you sounded like Doug sounds after after a game when he's trying to talk up a loss. He goes, "I don't know. We held them this. We held them that. We held them this. The shots weren't just going. To, it's not just that the shots aren't going down. It's that they don't know. It doesn't look like they know what they're doing. And that's oh, but, like. And, but, all right, I'm sorry, but, like, my question, I mean, I've, I've been an Iguodala fan. I mean, I used to not like him, but I kind of, you know, I kind of turned the page with it, and then, you know. But, like, it seems like the last couple games, like, he's going out of his way not to shoot the ball. Like, yeah. I mean, the first couple quarters, I mean, I understand he's a, you know, facilitator. He gets, gets other people involved. But there's a couple of plays where he's, like, where he's just passing up wide-open shots. And, every like, it's not just him. It's everybody. Everyone's passing over open shots, and nobody wants to take it. I think they're it's, scared to shoot, except for Lou, who's not scared enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he's not that good. Yeah. He's not that good. Like, it's great when he's on. Like, all right, yeah, take the final shot. But it's like, Doug, you don't have to draw up a play for Lou every single time. Like, go to the hot hand. Like, Elton Brand, is he overpaid? Yeah, okay. But, like, he was the best player on the court tonight. He like, was. You know, playing defense, you know. Why don't draw the play for him? I mean, what? There's nobody on this team where you can be like, "That's our guy in the fourth quarter." Yeah, I'm, like, I'm actually kind of bummed out that they don't draw up more plays for Brand in the fourth. I think a lot of times he's tired because he's guarding a, the seven footer all the time. Yeah. The, the the have you ever seen a small guy as as slow as Lou Williams with the ball? No. 
No, like he, and, it's like he's got a trick, guys. Like he's a like he's playing, you know, like he's playing a YMCA. Like he's an old dude at a YMCA. Uh, look, Warren, thank you for the call. Warren's a, a, another great dude. Thank you for the call. And the other thing that that I just want to lay on you here, one more Sixers complaint is that Spencer Hawes is scared to death of big moments and soft. And boy, we were waiting for Spencer Hawes to come back. And and we were, I remember at one point this year, we were all saying to ourselves, wow, we can't believe we miss Spencer Hawes that much. I don't. I, you know, I didn't miss, now looking back on it, we were, we were probably right about Spencer Hawes at first. Look, he's a very competent backup center, but Spencer, do you ever, ever, ever have any inkling that in a tough spot, in a tight game, Spencer Hawes is going to go get you that rebound? I didn't. He looked tonight like he looked in the first two games of the Miami series in the playoffs last year, scared to death, airballing, hitting the backboard and no rim. It was, it was awful. It was Spencer Hawes at his worst, and his worst is, is unwatchable. He was so bad tonight that they had to have Thaddeus Young playing center. Thaddeus Young is not a four and five tweener. He is a three and four tweener. He's a guy that we can't decide if he's a small forward or a power forward. He shouldn't be playing center. And it's all because of the ineffectiveness of Spencer Hawes. And as well, I don't know, somebody asked earlier, I don't know why Vucevic and, and Lavoy Allen are not playing at all now. I, I know they've played poorly, but like we were saying before, let, I want to see Vucevic play. Then at least he's got to get on the court, right? Doesn't he? A little bit. He's seven feet tall. <laughs> He's got to be able to do something. He's seven feet tall. He can almost touch the rim without jumping. Seven feet. <laughs> Reese, you're on 94 WIP. What's going on, man? Hey, dude. How are you? Mm, having a tough night. Before I get on the sixes, man, uh, about the Phillies missing Utley, I don't think we're going to miss Utley as much because I, I personally think Utley is one of the more overrated players on the Phillies in our, in our history. So I think we'll be fine. And he can come along in the, in the second half of the season and, and blend in. Um, yeah, as long as he comes back eventually, I think what'll be interesting is, is I'm not, I'm not totally worried about the future of Chase Utley in the coming years because I wasn't expecting much in the first place. But what'll be really interesting is everybody's saying they, they need to make a move now. They won't make a move now. It'll be, they're going to wait and see if he can come back by the all-star break because if he can come back and start playing and then they don't need to make a trade at the, at the trade deadline, that's what, that's when we're really going to know whether what we have in Utley, but yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Utley's. I've come around on Utley. I used to say that I thought Utley is overrated. I think Utley he, yeah. he's he's he's, he's in yeah. decline, but I don't think he's. Oh, I, I think he was a really great player. When you put it, when I I put it like this, Rollins, Howard, Utley, the three main faces. Rollins, Howard, MVP award. Utley, no MVP award. Rollins, Gold Gloves. But who who was the least criticized of the three? Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, you see, when I put it like that, do yeah, you get it? Yeah, then I get it. Then I get it. I would say he's, yes, under-criticized. I don't know that overrated, but definitely definitely doesn't get enough blame when he does something wrong. Uh, I know you want to get the Sixers. Go yeah, ahead, because we don't have a minute I, here. I got Spencer Hawes. His, his new nickname is Mr. Softy. Yes. Because I did I not see Novak sticking him for like three possessions, yes. and, one, and he got stripped twice and threw the ball away the other time. He was scared, but, man. He's scared. Mr. Mr. Softy from now on. Yeah, we we can. Well, hopefully. 
Dude, I, I'm really hoping we don't give him three years and $20 million after this year. I'm let hoping. Him, let him walk, and we can put Vujicic. Yeah. I don't care. No no, Mr. Softy. <laughs> Dude, didn't, how scared did he look in the first quarter? He looked scared, right? Oh, three air balls, petrified. Yeah. Of Amari freaking Stoudemire. Who's also scared of rebounds. Right. He can't be scared of him. You're right. I'm with you, Reese. One little quick thing. Doug yes. Collins, please give. Drew and Evan Turner was at the point the offense. The team did better. Drew struggled, but let Drew come around. Drew even said he liked playing the two better. Let Turner have the ball. Higgy played better. Or Doug got to go after this year. I can't watch this no more. Right. The Lou Williams show. Yes, I'm with you. Thank you, Reese. I don't think Doug has to. I still have a hold out hope with Doug. I still like Doug. I know Reese was anti Doug, but I don't like the Lou Williams show. I think we need the off season. <laughs> First, we needed the All Star break. Now we need the off season. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Why isn't Doug Collins playing Evan Turner? And do the Phillies have any chance? winning the World Series without Chase Utley. Those questions will be answered before the end of the show. Hopefully next. My name is Spike Eskin. 94 WIP Sports Time is 12-17. It is where the Phillies happen. I'm Spike Eskin. Still have your chance. We've got season tickets for all four sports, for baseball, football, hockey, basketball. I want to give them to you. One person is going to get a pair of season tickets for all four sports, if you can imagine that. I mean, having I have six or season tickets, and it's almost too much. It's so many too, almost too many games to go to. I can't imagine all four. I can't. You'd be the most popular guy on the block. In the entire neighborhood. Uh, four chances to win each weekday. What you do is you listen for Merrill Reese, Scott Fransky, Tim Saunders, or Tom McGinnis tell you to call. You're the ninth caller to 215-625-6681. You get a pair of tickets to a game this season, and you have a chance at the ultimate ticket. Um, your next chance coming up. Oh, well, that's not right. It's definitely not coming up in this hour. We don't have a chance this hour, do we? Nah, they don't They don't give them to me this late. Um, your next chance, listen to Angelo tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. He'll tell you when your next chances are. Or just text the word TICKET to 84828, and we'll send you a text with a 10-minute warning before it happens. So listen to Angelo at 7, which you should be doing anyway, or text TICKET to 84828. We are commiserating over the Sixers and their direction and why Evan Turner isn't playing. And Steve wants to contribute. Steve, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, Spike. How you doing? I'm Twitter, Steve. Hi, Twitter, Steve. How are you? I'm hanging in there. It was a rough game tonight, but uh, I I wanted to share an analogy. You know, a little while ago, you had an analogy about the whole Peyton Manning coming here. You talked about splitting tens and cards. and Oh, last I, week. Yeah, yeah, last week. So I have an analogy about the Sixers. I have a five-week-old daughter, and I'm feeding her during the during the game, and, and I'm looking at her, and with, with an infant that young, you know you know she's going to spit up. Like, you know it's going to happen. And, like, you're feeding her, and you love her, and you know you just you don't want it to happen. And watching the Sixers tonight was kind of like waiting for my lovely daughter to puke <laughs> because – you just knew. You just knew yeah. it was coming. You you root for it not to happen. They're so cute while it's going on. You're like, no, it's not going to be tonight. You're not going to do it, right? You're going to make it through and hold this down. And they couldn't do it. I'm, one of the callers earlier talked about rebounds, and that was kind of a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about. I looked up earlier 
the, uh, the, the where they rank in, in different stats and things like that. They're 23rd in the league in offensive rebounds. Yeah, well, they don't have anybody that... Well, first of all, the part of why the, the problem there is that nobody's going to the basket. Right. So there's two ways that you get offensive rebounds. Is is shots at the basket or... or th- you know, or three-point shots. Those are the, the two most likely ways. And the most likely way is taking shots at the basket. Well, um, one of the numbers that you can look up, too, is they are shooting free throws at a historically low rate because they don't go to the basket. So they don't get offensive rebounds. They just shoot mid-range jump shots. And you get the fewest offensive rebounds when you shoot there. And that's one of the problems. Right. And Malik Rose was kind of like imploring them during the broadcast. I don't know if you could hear where you were, but he was kind of, whenever anybody went to the basket, he was like, yes, please God, do it. <laughs> and I, I wasn't sure if it was like a scheme thing. Like, is that something that, you know, they feel like they have guys that can shoot outside so they don't attempt to go inside? Or is it just like, I don't know, with Iverson, we had this, oh, it's all playground ball. He's always just driving to the hoop and trying to get a foul. Do you ever think we would be like begging for that style now a little bit? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I wish I had an answer as to why. A lot of see what's gotten lost here is a lot of the offense was the the, pre, the offense was predicated on two things: was shooting, shooting, and and, and that, that spacing that comes from it, and you know cuts at the basket. Those those backdoor cuts. We saw one in the last few minutes with uh, Jody Meeks when Jody Meeks cut to the basket and yep. they, they got him there. And I forget. I think it might have been Brand that passed it to him. But we've completely lost that part of it. And you have guys. They can get to the basket. Evan Turner, Drew Holiday, um, Lou Williams, uh, to an extent, Andre Iguodala can get to the basket, and I don't, I don't know why they don't. And some of it is by design. There's not a lot of off the dribble, except for Lou. There's not a lot of you know off the dribble creation. That's not what they do. But um, they sh- they ought to try, man. Yeah, it might be time to try. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the analogy. Sam yeah, Valley. anytime. Great job with the show. Thanks. Good luck with the child. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Sounds like a lot of work, the whole kid thing. <laughs> Sounds like too much work for me. I mean, just the the 15 seconds Steve was describing it sounded like too much work. Um, Mike, you're on 94 WIP. Michael. Hello? Hey, how are you? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm on my way back from Baltimore. I'm from New York. And I'm listening to you guys. Hey, I mean, hey, Mike, real quick. Honestly, Mike, 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 real quick. Do you have your windows down or something? It's kind of hard to hear you. Hold on. No sweat. Right, We're not on the radio. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are unbelievable. I mean, I have to suffer from the Mets, okay? The Knicks thinks it's Riley facts and his stupid facts in 94 or... 97, whatever it was. You guys have, I heard you guys complaining about Utley, Howard. This is, this is today alone. You guys have amazing, amazing ball players. And your Sixers, with all due respect, they're, they're a lousy team. The only reason they're half good is because of Doug Collins, and you guys are bashing him too. I mean, this is unbelievable. Are you done? What? Are you yeah. done? Okay. Uh, our Sixers are a lousy team. At least we're a lousy team that didn't spend a ton of money on on our lousy team. At least we're a lousy team. You know, we're not a lousy team. You guys aren't even 500. Oh, we stink. We're a mess. <laughs> We've been a mess forever. Well, wait. Are you a Yankee fan or a Met fan? 
I'm unfortunately I'm stuck with the mess. Oh, and wow. I hear you guys come into my building and and it's like I'm in Philadelphia and one game one game we come to your place and we make a, a little ruckus and, and it's like the end of the world. Yeah. I, I go well, do to you, every you, single Phillies game. Well that doesn't mean that look just because the Mets suck doesn't mean that we have to, we should have to put up with you down here. Did I remember in the 80s and 90s when Mets fans would fill up Veterans Stadium? That happened. Let's not pretend that that didn't happen. Um, and you're not supposed to like it. I don't like it. I'm sorry that you're, um, that your Mets stink, but, uh, are you a Jets fan or a Giants fan? Thanks. God, I have the Giants. Oh, well, man, man, I don't, I don't want to hear you anymore. I've, <laughs> I mean, I, maybe he's a nice guy. I don't know. New York is just smelly people and digital cameras and fake iPod stores. I mean, when I need a passport or hot nuts, that's when I go to New York. Or if I need crowds or trash on the streets. That's when I go to New York. If I need anything that costs two and a half times as much as it's supposed to, that's when I go to New York. If I need a baseball team that got ripped off in a pyramid scam, I'll go to New York. Um, but I don't need to be talked to like we're <laughs> like I'm supposed to accept that you came down here. I look. I gave credit to Yankees fans. I'm not or Knicks fans. I'm not. I'm not mad at Knicks fans for coming down and filling up the Wells Fargo Center. I'm mad at, at Sixers fans for not filling up the Wells Fargo Center. <sighs> Ryan works at Philly.com. He was in Clearwater. He got lied to by Ruben Amaro. Hey Ryan. Yes, Mike. I I, uh, I learned uh, I learned a lesson last week, uh, and that is that uh, just like my parents about Santa Claus, Ruben Amaro will never tell the truth about anything ever. No, no, and it's. It's weird when it's it's easy to recognize from afar that the teams are lying to you because they're not doing it directly to your face. But then when they do it to your face, you, you think, oh, well, they're not lying to me. They're telling me the truth. Nope. He, uh, he looked me in the eyes and he said, in, within two weeks, Chase Hartley will be starting for us here in spring. And, uh, and, and uh, then on, on Monday, you know, when I, when I saw the press release in my email, all I could think about was, we made eye contact. <laughs> he looked me in the eyes and he said that. Yeah. And he lied to me. It hurt. It hurt me. It cut me deep. You know what doesn't bother me? It doesn't bother me that they lie to us. It bothers me. Uh, I was talking on Monday. It bothers me that it seems as if they were that they didn't know. I don't know how you don't know. And uh, uh, professional athletes, even when they're not active, are still active. And I just feel like at some point, this offseason, Chase Utley must have tried to do something and it hurt. And either he didn't tell anybody or or, or they didn't communicate or something. It, it drives me crazy. Um, I, you know, I think the responsibility lies uh, somewhere, you know, in the middle of the two. He has a condition that is, uh, for all intents and purposes, he has arthritis in his knees. And it's it's not the kind of thing that uh, you know. Just I mean, Monday, Tuesday, I talked to a, a doctor from Jefferson that he said, you know, this is the kind of thing that when you when you exercise, when you work out, when you when you follow your physical therapy, it goes away. And the only time that it comes back is if you don't follow your physical therapy routine. So, you know, in all reality, it's one of two things: either he's he wasn't doing what he's supposed to do, or it's not what they're telling us. It is. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, and I'm no professional athlete, but I have arthritis in my right hip, and I don't have any cartilage left in my right hip, and I can do physical therapy from now until tomorrow at 
at, at 10 p.m. straight, and it doesn't put any cartilage back in my right hip. So if there's no cartilage, there's no cartilage. And if there's a degenerative arthritic, arthritic condition, the de- degenerative means, you know, means that it's not ever going to get any better. So, you know, maybe he, he could have done more therapy, but I, I feel like to a certain extent, this is, has, you know, the severity of this has jumped without them noticing that it's jumped. Uh, I don't think it's not that they didn't notice it. I think the thing that scares me, and the only reason that I have any kind of pessimism now, is that I think um, they were crossing their fingers, and they were crossing all their toes, and they were just hoping that it's going to get better. And um, you know, that's, that's not how this works. And if you look at the moves that they've been making recently, um, I don't know that they have made unintelligent moves. But I don't know that the franchise is set up in such a way right now that it is future-proof. So this year, what do you think? Spike, I don't like being negative. I don't like, uh, you know, I like this team. I like watching it. I like having fun. I like going to the ballpark. But? Um, you know, I think, I think 90 wins is enough to win the division. And 90 wins is 12 wins less than we had last year. And the way that this fan base has gone insane over the past three or four years, if you said, well, we're, you know, we lost 12 games less than we did last year, people are going to look at that as it's a bad thing. Well, you know, when you factor that we're not going to start the season with uh, one of our quarter infielders, one of our middle infielders, um, you know, a big, huge hole in the outfield uh, and question marks all over the place, Look, I'll take 90 wins. I think it's going to be a successful team, but, man, I'm scratching my head over the way that this team is set up for the future long term. Yeah, well, I'm sc- for next year. Not even long term, yeah. next year. Yeah. Right. and I, Dude, I, they shouldn't have re-signed Rollins. They shouldn't have re-signed Rollins. They shouldn't have. The money would have been better spent, spent elsewhere. Um, I, and, look, we're playing Galvez anyway. <laughs> so, it would have been better spent elsewhere. But as long as, the, hey, they keep saying, you just got to get into the playoffs, right? So as long as they get into the playoffs, I guess they have a shot. And as long as well, they have those those three guys starting those three games, they they got a shot. Well, we, we got into the playoffs the last three years. We just got into the playoffs the last three years. And, and uh, you know, in this town, that's not enough anymore. You know, you can't just get into the playoffs as a team that's got to win. Last year, we ran up against a hot team and... and we just got in the playoffs, and we, we just lost in the first round of the playoffs. Bunch of um, entitled jackasses we are. When did that happen? Yeah. When did when did we forget how you know you know my story? I mean, I grew up just north of Baltimore. I'm still an Orioles fan, and and uh, um, so maybe maybe I'm just built in to have that thick layer of skin or something. But but I thought that's what Philly was all about. We have thick skin, and now all of a sudden that you know the sky is falling when when we're going to miss our first baseman for for uh, you know the first. But fifth of the season or whatever. Um, we're, a we're, we're a bunch of babies. We're a bunch of babies. A bunch of entitled babies. Yeah, it it, it, it changed rather quickly, didn't it? Could be. It's like it could be worse though. We could be Mets fans. There you go. It all. <laughs> it all comes back to that. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan does good work. Um, the uh, it's the truth, man. It, we got entitled. Like Hoffman wrote this morning, we got entitled real quick around here with the Phillies, especially the team with most losses in the history of baseball. We got entitled rather quickly. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four Phillies Sixers. It's on you. I'm Spike Eskin. Ninety four WIP Sports Time is twelve thirty eight. This is the new Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sue Schilling was 
sorry. Susan was just talking about the Tebow thing. And if I have time later, I can't wait to go in on that. The And I liked Tim Tebow. I didn't used to before. I thought the story was awesome. Having a, a, a quarterback succeed and not being good at throwing the football, um, it was so fun. You know, that stretch of six or seven games, whatever it was, was just so awesome to watch. I kind of like him, but the the, the everything over the last two or three days was such a uh, made such a mockery of the NFL. I thought and Adam Schefter and all that the New York and everything. It got so gross. The Tim Tebow thing went from so fun to so gross so quickly. Uh, I'm Spike Eskin. You are Chris. You're on ninety four WIP. Spike, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Uh, two things about the Sixers. First, I want to talk about, I think this was talked about earlier, there was a stretch there at the end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter, where Thad Young maybe played center for about five minutes. And uh, I think he was playing at the five, and I think he even had Sam Young and Thad Young together. I mean, you can't find ten minutes for LaVoy Allen in this lineup. And in a game where the, you know, that it's like in the 60s and neither team can make shots. The Doug House. That's what we're gonna want to. That's what we're gonna call it when when players don't fall out of favor with Mr. Collins. It's not the doghouse; it's the doghouse. And somehow, Lavoy Allen, like two weeks ago, and look, I'm not an enormous Allen fan, and I think we started. He had a great first few weeks, and then we started to see some of the things that people talked about him coming out of college. Just you know that motor not being there, and not not really a, a fighter as far as it goes. But for him to just completely, I mean. When Spencer Hawes is playing as poorly as he has, I think I think Collins panicked uh, is panicking a little bit, um, and I think that's why you saw the he, him just stick the guys that he likes there out, you know, at once. I think that's what we saw. We saw, you know, here are the guys that I like best, um, yeah. and, and that's I what mean, the lineup was. So, yeah, he, I mean, he's playing Sam Young and Sad Young, the four and five. Like they're mad, you know, since they have the same last name, they're magically going to turn into. <laughs> Antonio Davis and Dale Davis from like the Pacers, <laughs> you know, and get some boards. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. No, like, it doesn't. You know, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, th- so th- that, that was that was my most frustrating part of watching the game. But then the overall frustrating thing is, I agree. I mean, it feels does it not feel like we're back to square one with Turner? Like, I, I feel I feel like I did like four weeks ago. You know, with with Evan Turner, it, it Doug doesn't want to play him in the fourth quarter and in, in these spots because he gets frustrated early. And then, you, you know, you see Evan, he's yelling, he, he's palling out there, and Doug doesn't like it. He pulls him. And it, it just feels like, I feel like I saw it four weeks ago with Evan Turner, and it's frustrating. Here's, I agree and disagree. Here's where I agree. I agree that Doug's hook is too quick. Um, but where I disagree is what I hate about Evan. And the reason that I, I, I have my doubts about him going forward is that, look, if Doug gets mad, let, take the, um, what's the game? Before this, that they won the uh, the, the Charlotte game. Yeah. So 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 Turner pouts about the kickball, not getting the kickball call, and pouts on the court and doesn't get back on defense. And Turner pulls him for the rest, or Collins pulls him for the rest of the third quarter. Well, that okay. So there's that. But then the problem is that when Collins puts him back in in the fourth quarter, Turner is still checked out. 
Like he's just right. given up, and that's what I oh, hate. Yeah. And the, but that's what I hate. And and Adam, my producer, who was making a good point earlier, it's like, well, then then you can't coddle him. You can't not pull. Like all year last year, D- Collins would pull Drew Turner, Drew Holiday when Drew made a bad mistake, and nobody nobody ever remembers that that Collins would pull Drew in the first two minutes mm-hmm. of a quarter, and he'd pull him, and he'd sit him down, and he'd tell him, and and Drew would listen. Well, Turner doesn't listen, and that's my that's why it's both of them. Because Collins gets too frustrated, but Turner's just a like he's a child. Like, grow oh, up, dude. Yeah. I know. So it's uh, like, and, and you and you see, like ho- exactly, Holiday is not one who doesn't get pulled for doing dumb things either. And then he gets back out on the floor, and it's in the rearview mirror. He's out there. He's playing. He's he's communicating with his teammates. It's like you know, I feel like I'm gonna turn on Jerry Springer one day and see Doug Collins and Evan Turner on Jerry <laughs> yelling at each other, and yeah. Evan Turner yelling mean things at Doug Collins, and Jody Meeks comes around out like, don't 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 say that. Things about my coach. Yeah. So, you know, there, there, there's his corner, man. And, oh, man, it's just. He, uh, d- he does love Jody. Boy, <laughs> coach does love Jody Meeks. Man, he gives great out. energy. Oh, great defensive energy. Yeah. yeah. Great it was the ace of spades the other night. Thanks for the call. Oh, man. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah. The, the, well, I think. Here was was part of the disaster in starting Turner for Collins, and here's where it started to unravel too: is that it screwed up his rotations because he had he liked having uh, Turner and Williams and Thad Young coming off the bench. He liked his rotations. Now his rotations are completely screwed up, and there are some combinations on the court right now that. Um, I don't, it just it feels desperate. Collins feels like he doesn't know how to fix it. And it feels desperate. Um, Brett, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to uh, talk about what the uh, caller Ryan was talking about. Yep. Uh, right before the break, um, he was saying that like uh, you know 90 wins is good enough, and he thinks that Rollins is going to have you know they shouldn't have re-signed Rollins. Um, with this team where they are right now, I mean. I don't really understand why people expect a di- division title every single year. I mean, it's very, it's extremely hard to accomplish in any sport. Nah, I don't know, man. I mean, the Braves won it like 13 well, yeah, straight they, years. It, but, but the thing that the Phillies have, that why we can say that, why we can reference the Braves, is because the Braves had three ace pitchers. And we're fortunate enough to be in that situation as well. But... I mean, this all depends. I mean, the players behind them are going to go. We're going to go through transitions here. And people just, you know, we we have to give people a chance. I mean, people are kind of writing John Mayberry Jr. off like he's nothing. And that's ridiculous. He produced so much for the Phillies. And these other people want Dominic Brown to play. When you look at the stats, John Mayberry Jr. is going to get his 400 at bat in probably the the second month of the season. So he just put is getting to the plateau that everybody wants to see Dominic Brown reach. But we have that player right there. And people are writing him off. Well, I don't know that anyone wrote him off. I think that we just I, rather... I'm, I'm see- talking about the fans. I'm not talking about you guys on WIP. No. I'm talking about the people that call. No, well, yeah. I mean, I think... I don't know that the fans have written off John Mayberry. I just think they wanted to see him in left field rather than first base. I think it's all this... It's a... It's, you know, one thing affects the other, affects the other, affects the other. And having 
Um, having John Mayberry in the lineup is fine, but having him in the lineup along with Howard Notley is great. Having well, him be your... Of course, but like these these things are going to happen to an organization. I mean, the, the, you know, the, why people get so freaked out when there's injuries? I mean, it's just... Well, because... because I mean, he, whoa, at, Brett, 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 here's, Brett. Here's the problem, is that that injuries happen, but the problem is is when they happen to a $26 million guy and a $15 million guy, you don't have any money to go fix your mistakes. And that's the problem, Brett. And you t- thank you for the call. You, you keep saying that, well, we have to wait for the next guys. Well, who the hell are the next guys? John Mayberry? That's what you're presenting me with? He's the the next generation of Philly? Um, I no, we're not transitioning into anything here. We're 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 watching a, a championship year potentially fall on its face and a transition into nothing. This is not a changing of the guard this year with the Phillies. That was not the plan. The plan was to win the World Series, and th- that looks like it's in jeopardy. The playoffs could be in jeopardy. How bad are the Sixers really? <laughs> what can they do to fix it? I have a guy who will tell us next what they can do to fix it. You might not like what you hear, though. 888-729-9494. My name is Spike Eskin. 94 WIP Sports Time is 1254. Sports Radio 94.